Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to the After Party crew. We're back together. Yay! It's we us. did it. I haven't seen the three of you together in 30 years. I know. I haven't talked or seen Julia or Amanda for nope. five weeks, you know? It's true. It's wild. I know. Yeah. Brandon, I've seen you. What? <laughs> <laughs> Julia's in my closet. Julia's in my closet. <laughs> Little gremlin Julia. Yeah, remember when I went on vacation, I was just in Brandon's closet the whole time. <laughs> Dang, that's why you couldn't wow. record. You yeah. didn't want Brandon to know. Yeah, because then wow. he would have heard my voice and he would have been like, what's going on? Julia, where are you recording from? And then the door slowly creaks open. <laughs> I like the idea that Brandon doesn't notice because of where hearing you. He's like, your recording space sounds different. <laughs> it sounds much smaller. It's actually better. Sounds like my room. It sounds like there's a guitar in here. Where, <laughs> where? Why do you have a homemade amplifier in your space? I got two now, Eric. And they're both. And they were next to Julia when she was recording. But we are so excited to uh, have concluded the one shots of Legends Across the Tides. Uh, Eric, you've been here the whole time, and we got a couple questions about where the idea came from to do this in the first place. All of us have put a bunch of prep and tried new roles and did new things when doing these last three weeks of episodes. So Eric, why don't you start off and tell us uh, where the idea to do these one shots come from? I thought it would be fun. <laughs> cool. I have no further comment. Gotcha. I think what the audience doesn't understand about Eric is like his ideas are like inspiration from the almighty. They're fully formed. Mm -hmm. Just like, yeah, come like like being from an alien ship just directly into his brain. Yeah, Jenna Steber walked out of my brain fully formed like, <laughs> like Athena. Like Athena, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like Athena. Shout out to all, all my spirits listeners out there. Um, well, no, I mean, we've been trying to figure out how to have guests on this show for a very long time. I think that from campaign one, where we shoved Julia in a corner. <laughs> literally. Was like, I was literally, literally in the corner of that first yes. recording. You yeah. were very small. Somebody puts Julia in the corner. Only Eric. And then we we brought people on to kind of fill out the end of campaign one. But I think that there was a lot of hesitation for people jumping into a campaign and doing canon things. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I'm responsible for the main thing. I think that was also when we had Lauren come on to do Goat Party. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, let's do one shots because Lauren doesn't want to like sneeze somewhere and then Milo's dead for real this time, <laughs> you know? So I've been thinking of episodes we could do that aren't necessarily quote unquote canon, mm -hmm. much like we did with Join the Paper in mm -hmm. campaign oh, two. So fun, my fave. And and I realized that this would this was perfect. Let's figure out a way to get guests in that also would keep the players involved because we I didn't want Brandon, Amanda, and Julia to like sit there and do nothing. Twiddle our thumbs. Yeah. So like literally putting one player with two guests is like this is the maximum number to do it. I've been trying to get Jenna and Jasper on to join the party for such a long time, and then filling everyone else in was just it was really sweet. So yeah, that's uh, and I'm really happy with with how it came out. Mm -hmm. This is um, slightly unrelated, but whenever you guys hear Join the Paper, do your brain immediately go to a camera zoom in from outside of an office building inside of the office into a, the most beige room you've ever seen where Todd is sitting alone <laughs> with no other furniture except for a chair and a fluorescent light and he is just staring at the wall? Is that... Is that what you guys picture, or Brandon? I'm gonna be fully honest with you. I forgot your character's name was Todd. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? 
Todd has been through like four or five media layoffs and mergers and is now the like North American president of sales for a magazine that no longer publishes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He is the he has been in office the entire time and only sits there by himself. Yeah, yeah he never mm-hmm. he's never leaves that office. No. Mm-mm. Security can't take him out because they don't know where he is. Exactly. They want to take him out so bad because the rent on that office is so expensive. <laughs> it's in the downtown. Todd <laughs> is the only one there. Yeah. Specifically from the question surgeon, Michelle Spurgeon, why did you decide to do these one shots? So I, I think that's a great point, Eric, that like we want to get guests involved. We want to explore more about the world of Vertistello that is not related to the like fixed perspective in some ways of the main characters and campaign. And it was really fun. And bonus, um, I, this was not part of the calculation, but the bonus was that we got to do it a little bit ahead of time. So we got a tiny bit ahead uh, for the holiday December time. So, yes. Oh, yeah. That was Facts. that was certainly helpful. Yes, we recorded these. I recorded like five episodes of actual play shows in the same week in November. Uh, yeah, we're not going to do that again. Uh, but we were able to, you know, Brandon had time to do the wonderful remix of the theme song. Julia edited one of the episodes uh, because we were a little bit outside our normal production style and cycle and got to try new things. And we were able to make those clips and commission the, that art God, and the uh, so make sure it. everyone was happy. Shout out to Chris Pickett, who fucking slammed it. I know. Slammed yeah. it down. They absolutely nailed it. I love that for them. They're available to commission. You can just go. If you want that or tattoo, you can have it on paper or body. Yes. The best mediums in both. <laughs> Two choices. <laughs> we'll have to reuse Chris for something in the future because that was oh, yeah. wonderful. Yeah, I know. Like, Chris, would you be open to drawing several dandelion people? And they were like, sign me up. Absolutely. <laughs> He's like, hey, we have two dandelion people. Can you make them distinct? Coming right up. Absolutely. <laughs> But Dr. Spurgeon wanted to know specifically, how do you decide the groupings and how did you find these specific guest players to collaborate with? Mm-hmm. Well, me and Amanda and Julie were fighting that month. So Eric was like, fine, I'll fucking split y'all up. I, I better split you, you up. Yes. I better put you in the two different rows in the minivan and one of you in the front, <laughs> even though you're 11 and not really supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Facts. Um, well, it's, it's funny. I think that because I understand the players the best, I think I was trying to put the players with two guests to make sure everyone felt comfortable. Mm-hmm. So it's like Jasper and Connie have played with each other a while, but they're both like actors so putting them with brandon who is definitely your play style is not actor i think i i do find this to be a neutral and just different your play style is more like someone at home than something that is performed Mm -hmm. and i think that which again is a fine thing and a good thing that you should have uh, that you shouldn't only be concerned about making for production. So I thought it would be nice to like balance those two out. Um, Amanda was with Sarah Pazorski, who uh, this was her first time recording on microphone. And oh, Amanda... that was first time on microphone at all. Yeah. Whoa. So she she like is for a video game or just for D. She streams. She's a video game streamer and a podcaster, oh, but cool. she does video game stuff mostly. And yeah. I know that she plays D and D. And I was like, oh, let's get Sarah in here. Amanda's going to help her out. And also, Kristen is such an experienced person on the microphone. So that it was wonderful to put that in. And of course, like Jenna is such a utility player. I could put her wherever I wanted. Yeah. And uh, Julia and Danielle. Julia, can you explain to me all of Danielle's wrestling references? Yeah. I've been on Danielle's <laughs> podcast, Tights and Fights, which is very, very fun. Yeah. We're also scheduling across five time zones. So that played a yeah. uh, pretty, you know, a pretty medium part in it. We were able to, to really get it done. But mm-hmm. it was it was so fun. It was so good. It was. 
So Melanie wanted to know, Eric, what your specific inspirations were for the plots of each one shot. So let's use that as a question to segue right into the plot of these episodes, beginning with the gold with Brandon, Connie and Jasper. The gold! So Eric, where did this this concept come from? What was your um, little emoji in Notion for this plot? (laughs) I kind of threw them all together for this one. I didn't have Well, assign it now. Assign it now. Uh, Gold bar? No, it's probably burb. It's big burb. It's burb. For this one, listen, the reason why we made the Cool Cryptid Compendium in the first place is that I think monsters are neat. (laughs) Whoa, me too. Whoa. Whoa. And I think that you should end up using a lot of these monsters from what you learn from Mythology on Spirits podcast. Boozy dives into myths and legends. Every week we pour, drink, and learn a myth. Oh, you're so close. I couldn't figure out. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Whoa, 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 whoa. What if we went on a joint seven city tour through the U.S. (laughs) doing both monster, bones, and luck related content for both podcasts? That sounds like a great idea. We should do that. I don't know how I feel about bone related content, but okay. (laughs) Julia? Bone, dice, luck related content. I like it. Um, And I think that using them like NPCs as the lever of your one shot was something that I knew I could lean on, which and I was able to take some inspiration from how I planned Monster of the Week campaigns. Uh, so it was kind of funny. Also, like Jasper and Connie, D and D players, and they I think they spend a lot of time. As Jasper told me, he spent a lot of time making a character to ruin my NPCs and monsters, and like surprise. It, it didn't happen all that much. <laughs> like there wasn't that many monsters to fight. It's so funny. It just. A little bit of a tangent, but it's so funny to me in that because he, he said that once or twice, at least on mic, and then I'm sure more off. And Oh, when he was WhatsApping me, yes, he told me that yeah. many times, yeah. Jasper is way too kind and sweet of a person to actually fuck you up. <laughs> like, and he like, can't I was prepared. Do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was prepared. Um, so I, I have was a follow-up in- question. If any, whose character slash uh, part fucked you up the most? Mm. Honestly, I was not anticipating Wang Ling to talk to the Alicanto straightforwardly. Mm. Um, so I was very excited that I got to come up with a voice for the Alicanto, who is kind of a bro. <laughs> <laughs> which was which was really wonderful. That, that was the thing that surprised me the most. Nice. Amazing. Yeah. Anna wanted to know what your prep was like generally, because Anna was surprised that you didn't have a voice ready for the Alicanto, but it's a bird. <laughs> you, you didn't know that Wan Ling could speak to beasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, we, we didn't have session zeros necessarily but they did tell me what characters were they were going to be and i was like oh this is how the dynamics of the thing is gonna go but i didn't know that wong ling had speak to beasts and i'm like all right here we go let's do it yeah and that reminds me eric you reached out to uh, some of the players to get their perspectives on these sessions so let's hear from the mantis themselves. here is what connie had to say about playing with us Several things surprised me about the session. Uh, one of them, this actually isn't much of a surprise. It was just how much fun it was just to play with everyone and experience this world full of plant and bug people. It was a ton of fun. Nice. Kind. Cute. Again, honestly, I'm kind of cheating the question because it wasn't a surprise. It was. It, I was expecting to have a lot of fun and I did have a lot of fun, but I wanted to share that <laughs> anyway. Um, it, was, it was truly a blast playing with everyone. Something else, the second thing that surprised me was how much of a dick that farmer guy was <laughs> with his son. Us showing up and he just immediately on site did not like us. Uh, glad he got his just desserts, even though we probably went a little too far. Probably broke a couple of um, couple of laws in the way there. Uh, and the third thing that surprised me was uh, 
again, this wasn't necessarily a surprise, just 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 a star I had. Uh, I really enjoyed the montage sequence in like the the treasure cave, mm-hmm. the treasure mountain. Like each of us getting to describe what we did while we kind of did like a time skip through our adventures. It felt like a really smart, fun, and engaging way to kind of, you know, go through go through the experience of dungeon delving without having to go through the nitty-gritty of dungeon delving. That was a ton of fun. So yeah, two not surprises and one genuine surprise. It was a lot of fun. The montage and Eric Silver special, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fun having them come on and I was like, here are things that I do all the time. The you guys rolling out a table to introduce something about your characters and the montage, and they were like, "Whoa!" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm the best DM in podcasting." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to stick up for the farmer's son for a second because uh, he he wasn't a dick. He was annoyed that his older father kept being not only just a little bit maybe too trusting, but also kept just bringing home strangers to the farm. <laughs> Over Thank and you, over Brandon. again. Thank you. That was a hundred percent what I was trying to get across. Yeah, you got it across. It was like not only is this weird, but it's also just a little bit annoying <laughs> to have a bunch of strangers. I probably flagged down Arello for a magic item to protect my farm from the randos my dad keeps bringing home mm-hmm. yep. because he's an old sweet man and he just wants to have friends over. You know. Yeah, that I was always that the hook. Him. That was always the hook that, like, oh, this sweet man is bringing pirates to his house. Mm-hmm. I mean, how would it make your life more exciting? <laughs> that's what the old man. That's what the old man thought for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. Julia, is that what it's like now that your husband's in a band and bringing uh, bandmates <laughs> to practice in your living? Yeah, room? and they're all cool. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> None and of no them murder my murder me or my my husband slash son. Yeah, no one's murdered anyone yet. No one tries to release my literal most prized possession into the wild. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, Eric, I have a question. It's from me, Brandon. Um, yeah. Oh, in the Discord, did the fact that we've had an Alicanto in the past. Was that a thing that you're just like, oh, I love this. Let's use it again. Or was it like, oh, Brandon knows this. The other two don't. So it'll be interesting. Or For this just... one, it's the first one. I love okay. the Alicanto. I knew that they didn't know them. I like the Alicanto one because I think it's an incredible monster. And it works very, very, very well as an NPC. It's like it's a monster that has wants and needs, mm-hmm. but also is a himbo. So I think that it there's a lot of tension, actually, that makes them such a good quest giver. But I think that it was so exposing new people to that. But the fact that you knew what it was and you were able to be like, oh, this thing's tight, I think was a little bit helpful. Yeah. Cool. And Brandon, for you, what was it like playing with new people and also editing new players? I I can't remember the last time that you edited a new player in the style of joining the party. Yeah, that's that's a good point. It was a blast to play with them. Jasper and Connie are are wonderful. It's always a bit of a um like uh you, like you know when you were in like elementary school and you went to someone's birthday party for the first time and you're like it's just like a bunch of eight year olds like hi what do we do yeah <laughs> um there's always that little bit of a thing or but, meeting um, like your cousin's friends yeah yeah That's yeah the exactly feeling for me yeah so you know I I don't know if this is what you were pointing to Eric but definitely like it took me you know, a cup, 15 minutes or something to sort of click in and be like, oh, this is where I fit in this party. Yeah. Because I had a sure. different incarnation or a different sort of like personality for Abel and the what I was planning to do. But I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I got to swap this because this is this is better for the party and this is more fun for me and for the show to play it more like uh, demurely, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Um, In terms of editing, it was, I mean, it was obviously easy because they're, they're all professionals, but the it's definitely fun to like after six years of editing us like i know everyone's quirks 
and so it was fun to like see other people's no new quirks and and try to edit around them but yeah i mean otherwise you know normal process but it was a blast yeah i i really like the part where i gave you a chipmunk or the chipmunk and i'm like kill it kill it brandon kill yeah it. you asked me to kill a cute little chipmunk you are playing a necromancer brandon <laughs> Brandon's all for violence in the main campaign, but the minute he starts playing a necromancer, I don't want to do a murder. <laughs> he doesn't want to bully strangers into murder. I'm like, I'm so sorry I keep making Brandon hurt Brandon's <laughs> characters hurt. Oh, your character has a way to replenish healing. All you have to do is kill this squirrel. <laughs> I only like to kill people who deserve it, Julia. Mm. The chipmunk oh, didn't do anything to me. And so I, it, until Eric made it bite me, and then it did something. Yeah, to me. yeah, yeah, then yeah. It, did something. <laughs> it was so, it was so funny. <laughs> I will say we spend more time because of the relationship with the Alicanto talking to it specifically. I had to change some stuff around the montage I did on the fly. I just decided we were going to do that instead. Uh, there was a golden ooze in there who was like a guardian of the spirit of prosperity, Ooh. where all the all, all the Alicantos came together. Who was on? Who was going to be like right before the bridge? Um, but we ended up montaging through it instead, which ended up being really fun. But, you know, I have been doing this for so long. It's like, I feel like Jasper was messing with me and he was like, I'm going to ruin your one shot. I'm definitely <laughs> going to ruin it. And I'm like, dog, I've been DMing professionally for a long time. I don't know if you can. I don't know if your ability to cheat out on stage is going to ever give me, uh, make it hard enough for me to have make you have a good time. And I'm glad Connie had a great time. It was, it was wonderful. It was really, really fun. Yeah. Now... Was this golden ooze just Chad covered in um, gold foil? Uh, yes. Next question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I really like when Eric answers questions like he's a uh, NBA player who's like, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we really played 110%. Uh, the ball didn't go our way, but we just got to go out there next time. Next question. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything on the cutting room floor or any final questions uh, from my fellow players about the gold. Yeah, well, Julia and Amanda, what did you think uh, listening to it? I really enjoyed it. I was going to ask Brandon. Brandon, how did you enjoy the necromancy class from Volvas? Yeah. Oh, it's really cool. I There's so many options with it, too. Um, I sort of had to choose the, for lack of a better word, like least interesting, but they're all interesting. Um, but sort The of most like more, basic. Yeah, the most basic, the most streamlined one in order to make it easily playable in a one-shot. Yes. The vampire is definitely the most streamlined of the subclasses because the other subclasses are fucking wild. Yeah, yeah. They're mm -hmm. really cool. I would definitely play a necromancer in a different um, campaign where I could really uh, delve into the different aspects of it. You practically did with Milo. Yeah, that's true. I, I got, But Milo's idea, I mean, the what I really like about the necromancer class is that the way that Mage Hand Mike and the folks over at Mage Hand Press wrote it is like the goal is to be a specific type of death lord mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you really your activation on that really p moves you to it yes brandon was a vampire but that was like eventually he would be a dracul if he got to level 20 which yeah, i find yeah. really interesting because they have that with like death knight and regular lich but also there's like pharaoh like you want to be a god king and i think yeah. that the cl another thing that i love about uh, a lot of games made with care, like when I talk about Monster of the Week and when I talk about masks, this was made with form following function. You play the subclass you want to play that is like also connected to what you want to see as you play it out in story. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Uh, and then, Brandon, the only other follow-up question I had was, I know that during the process of creating our new characters for the one-shot, I had, like, two or three backups in case, <laughs> like, the people who were playing with me were going to play something. And I wanted to give our guests the most opportunity as possible to, like, get to play the thing that they wanted. So I created a bunch of, like, backup ideas. Did you have a backup idea? I don't think I really did. Mm -hmm. I feel you were like, just like a... it's vampire. We're going for it. Well, I feel like I had some initial ideas um, that I just like threw away, but I don't honestly. I don't remember. Did I okay. slack them to you, Eric? I think that you wanted to do something similar to what Colo ended up being, and but you were like, no. But yes. I think that was just like from the beginning. You're like, oh, I want to be a strongman beetle, but I'm like, oh, we have that. Uh, <laughs> Whoops. But, uh -oh. but I think that you were already you were already trending towards Abel by then. Yeah, I don't even think it's that we already had one. It was like, I think we were talking about like, yeah, that's, you know, fun, but like maybe not like the most interesting. We, it was just like spitballing and we decided, oh, vampire is fun. So, oh, yeah. And yeah, I, I just had a ton of fun listening to the episode. I was so tickled by Brandon being a necromancer and uh, it being like, I simply can't kill this creature. It, it was very relatable. And I really enjoyed Wang Ling as a character. And I, I really enjoyed his sort of, not even naivete, but just like lightness of, uh, of being and reminded me of the kinds of characters I tend to play uh, in one shots. Cute. Wang Ling was interesting because Connie was was like, oh, this, Wang Ling got resurrected and is following it again. The death god must have done it. And I was like, oh, we haven't talked about this. Like, this is interesting. So then I ended up talking about, you know, I think that being resurrected and getting a second chance is like very a Christian idea of like the the Grim Reaper showing up in St. Peter. Turning as, you away. Turning you away, as Val said. <laughs> so it was funny. It's like, no, I think that the planter just told you to do New, new Game Plus. Like, you got to figure it out. <laughs> uh, and I thought that that was really fun to do. And they were like, yeah, got it. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Makes sense. All right, let's move on to the island. This one stars Julia, Jenna, and Danielle. And on the island where nobody goes. <laughs> uh, so much fun. Eric, let's start with you. Where did the plot inspo for the island come from? Well, I was playing God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> 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 absolutely called you out in that episode. I'm I know. so sorry. I said it. I said it. That was my fault. I said All Father at one point. Yeah, and I was like, oh, really? Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. Um, I, I wanted to do something where someone was lying about what the salmon was, and I thought it was fun to do this kind of like, very, I was actually a little bit inspired by Breath of the Wild, where there's that one side quest where you're on an island and you're naked, and you got to just like figure it out without having any of your equipment. I kind of liked having an isolated island adventure where you had to do stuff. And also, I wanted to be a little bit of a mystery, which would allow you to figure... Once you triggered the mystery being done, then it was done, It didn't, which didn't necessarily have anything to do with the tasks that were put in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so smart, so good. Julia, what was it like? How did you feel about making these characters? I know you are always deeply rooted in character. Um, deeply seem, rooted? Exactly. Uh, they seem to come to you like, you know, fully formed like Athena. So uh, where where did your beautiful idea come from? Yeah, so I was between two characters that I kind of like fully fleshed out, didn't create character sheets for, but like knew what their background was, what class I was going to use, what subclass I was going to use. Uh, the original character that I didn't end up using was because uh, it was also an investigator class. And because Jenna was doing the investigator, I didn't want to have a double investigator group 
there. But uh, RIP to Sazerac St. Urbane, the investigator slash archivist antiquarian from Overstock mm. who was in Hemlock Plant. So good. Uh, I mean, maybe they exist somewhere else. Maybe yeah. they exist somewhere the else. Universe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then we ended up with Sir Indunia Dune Frostridge, who my idea was like, I wanted a retired knight from the crags who, and then I was like, but do the crags knights get to retire because there's so many of them probably dying in service? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what if she got kicked out? before like all of her comrades got killed during a coup and then i was like well why did she get thrown out gambling debts okay we're doing the cards uh war mage house of cards oh love that my favorite thing about sir dune is how lazy she is mm-hmm. it only peaked out a little bit but when i realized that's what you were doing i'm like that's so funny yeah because this <laughs> so is like good. her her working retirement is basically what i yes. consider it and so she's like i don't want to have to do like hard work and labor i just want to like do a cool fight every now and again Mm -hmm. and live off the profits of that do you know how many times i didn't get killed in the crags like come on people (laughs) exactly like i am done serving anyone else besides me what did you think of the war mage class it seemed really cool i really really liked the war mage class and in particular like when you get to like actually get into combat and start doing all of the like cool cantrip stuff and adding all the bonuses and everything like that you can do a lot of damage and also shout out to mage hand mike because finger guns is my new favorite cantrip (laughs) it's very funny it's It's so so good seriously i can't remember life before fall the spire secrets truly true yeah for sure I'll also say I really enjoyed playing with both Jenna and Danielle, who are both like very fun players in general when it comes to tabletop RPGs. There were moments where I think like there's always a little shyness at the beginning of a, of like course. a one shot when you're working with new players. And, that was the uh, eight year olds that I was trying to describe. Exactly. <laughs> like there's a certain amount of shyness. And so I felt at times where I was like, all right, no one's doing anything. I got to be the one to like move the plot forward a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. and get to where Eric has like little designated spots for us to do things. Totally. Yeah. This one definitely, this one had required the most amount of going to a place. It was more, this one was the most like a point and click adventure Mm -hmm. where it's like, here's the thing. Go figure it out. Interact. Which which we do sometimes where it feels like, you know, you walk into an area and then you get to like beep and boop. But uh, yeah, this one needed the most of like people deciding things out of all of of them. I mean, we just also have developed a shorthand in sort of your gaming style and our play. Like we know when you want us to sort of move forward and when you want us to investigate. Whereas like if you're a new player, you're trying to figure out what kind of style of DM you're working with. It's like, do you want us to sit there and investigate this chest for 20 minutes? Or do you want us to like, you know, throw the chest overboard and then keep moving forward, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. And also the three of us will just like nod at each other or Brandon and I will be like, yeah, this is a Julia problem. And <laughs> she'll you know, have a great idea right away. <laughs> yep. Uh, or Brandon will, you know, do something or, you know, one of my characters will act brashly, you know, and then we'll, we'll sort of deal. Uh, so it's, it's always, you know, you got to come up with the new dynamic. So yeah, exactly. that's why I think it was really smart, Eric, to pair, you know, two new players with one of the PCs because like y- we are a known quantity to you and mm-hmm. versus DMing a whole group of new people, A, the audience gets to see us play new characters which was hopefully fun um but b you know we got to sort of be a uh transition or like a you know an 
easing of the newness for the new players. For that's sure. what was so. That's why it was so surprising for me to play with Jasper and Connie because I thought I was going to have to do that, and then they just like and you were like keeping reins. up. Yeah, yeah, took, it, took the reins beautifully, and I was just like, "All right, let's go, baby! Hell yeah, <laughs> let's do it." We actually have a, a comment from Jenna here. Uh, she wrote in to say, "I was impressed at how well the fun, puzzly one-shot elements were integrated into the overall join the party mythos. Look mm-hmm. at that! Sure, we were on a deserted quote island in the middle of the ocean." Far from any beloved characters or locations, but I still felt like I was part of JTP canon. Also the feet stuff. <laughs> also the feet stuff. Can I just say, Jenna, wonderful. Jenna, wonderful player. I, I don't think I've listened to Burnt Cookbook Party more than a handful of times, just because no, for no reason other than I can't do more D&D in my life. Fair, it's her fair, Pathfinder fair. podcast for it anyone is, who doesn't it, but listen. It's yeah. a Pathfinder podcast that says it's a D&D podcast. Not anymore. Which, she said she changed that. It was that. so funny. I thought it was the funniest bit. I loved it. It was so good. <laughs> it was funny. But yeah, such a good player, you know? Yeah. Just truly. I think Adelion was probably the most fleshed out character that I saw. I'm like, man, you really know everything about Delion. And it was just a... And it was like... But it also had a vibe. That's why I kicked off that episode by being like, like, the, like I was talking about the comedian in Watchmen. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like, it was a noir for in the in the beginning of the one shot, oh just because so I, I understood that character inside and out. And yeah. I just like more more so for that character than any other. I had Chris's illustration in my head of just like that ripped dandelion, like smoking a cigarette, and it was just with so their funny. little Hawaiian shirt. I love yeah. it so much. I was gonna say it was funny to, in my brain to think about uh, Jenna voicing Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris also said that Delion was their favorite uh, portrait to work on, and I'm I like, love fair, that. fair, fair, fair. So good. Fair. I also I really enjoyed playing with Danielle solely if not because Danielle is a wonderful person but also all of the wrestling references were mm-hmm. so fun for me I think Danielle's mm-hmm. ability to just like hone in exactly on the character that she wanted to play and then like just execute was like uh, so good it was so funny I loved it fucking sleeves that's such a good fucking name are you sleeves kidding is a great name. <laughs> sleeves a great name and yeah just like fully fully uh shaped as a person from the minute danielle started describing it, sleeves. it, it was like um heat seeking missiles on jokes for <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. which is why i i didn't mind that sleeves was a bard it's like no 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 i know what you're doing here and being taking bard things and then saying like i'm the stupidest person who's ever existed <laughs> and i'm going to leg drop everything i'm like okay i get it that's why you're going to roll charisma and people are going to think you're charming because yeah. it actually is charming yeah. i think you need to play if you're going to play a bard you actually need to be a charming character you don't get to say i kiss you and i play my guitar and i rolled a 22 like yeah. you, you really got to back it up Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 100%. Had a lot of great audience questions on this episode, y'all. So let's Ooh. jump in. Um, from Kendall Fainting Goat, did the fake tree taste like pine because Ellis is related to the illusionist Piney? I was wondering this too. Also, I kissed you, played my guitar, and rolled 22 is the name of my autobiography. Continue. Nice. Good one. <laughs> good one. Good one. Good one. Good one. Um, I was Brandon, trying. You misspelled two at the time. Yeah, I know. I thought about that too. <laughs> Just so you know. Um, I didn't even think of that. Dungeons and Dragons has a hard time with insight and investigation of allowing nuance to 
ideas. Like, insight is a lie detector as mm-hmm. a skill, which is hard when you're trying to build intrigue. So what I was trying to do was like, yeah, you are allowed to examine this thing. But I think it was more the idea that I wanted it to taste fake and smell fake was what I was trying to get across more. Yeah. The pine is like, yeah. this like tastes a car like air fa- freshener. It's like you're eating an air freshener. You're not tasting a tree was what I was trying to get across. But that's really that's really smart that I've had my illusionists both be trees right now which I thought was neat. Yeah. yeah, that was my God of War inspiration. Uh, Mimir stuck in the tree was something I loved. And of course, the all salmon and the all father. I There are some like the metal elements of Norse mythology is something that really spoke to me. Yeah. Julia, I do have to ask. What's up? Um, What was uh what was going on in your brain when you were like, oh, maybe I should lick it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I wanted to see if it tasted like tree. <laughs> No, Sir Dune mm-hmm. was right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Because I was, was like, right. I'm going to lick it. And if it doesn't taste like how it smells, then it's not real. Yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite moment listening to the episode because I'm like, Cammy would never do that. And it was so fun. Cammy wouldn't. Cammy would like maybe sniff it a little. Right. Like, you know, because Cammy smells magic. Be like, but a friend. It's like, yeah. A different taste, you know? Can't be real. Ellis was so regal to me that like Ellis just was like, no. You're don't talk. Hey, the giant's going to smush you. Leave me alone. I can help you. But, you know, if you had gotten to the end, Alice would be like, all right. And then you die. And so I, I thought it was really interesting that you decided to break that in the second one, which I was OK with. I really wanted you to do the stuff that I had planned for you. But I was never really I never really thought you were going to do every single activity. Yeah. No, I, I also immediately called it out. I was like, oh, this is an Eric Silver fetch quest. Got it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where you have to do stuff and it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to that point, a question from Library Chick, who at this point, I think we should, we should. call Library Chick the indexer uh, because Whoa. we're slicing and dicing information. We are bringing in great questions. Library Chick, let me know if you enjoy that uh, because I, I think you deserve it. Um, as long as Maureen is still allowed to uh, set betting odds. and th- those Maureen's two still the bookie. Okay, oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Can we, can, can I make a suggestion? Please, I like the please. postmaster for Library Chick. Oh, the postmaster's oh. that's yeah. That's good. All right, the postmaster. Library Li- chick keeps the clocks. Library chick has de- has figured out how to send regular packages from Australia to the United States. I think we they they deserve some sort of doctorate or at least a certification. The postmaster PhD. <laughs> yeah. Library chick. The postmaster PhD. Postmaster PhD says, "I was wondering what would have happened if the crew from the islands completed." Ellis's fetch quests. He uh, would have died, apparently. Ellis <laughs> would have active. It would have like tickled the salmon giant, the berry giant, to smush you, and then you okay. would have immediately gone into initiative. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes sense. It was easier to just kill Ellis now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah, because and now they're an illusionist. They're trying to fool you, and that's why they that's why they separate. They turn themselves into so much so they could escape. You would have had to fight the berry while Ellis was hiding. Until they could come out again and do this pr- do this prank on another crew. Uh, mm. The thing I wanted to get across was that Ellis has done this multiple times and was using the Berry Giant Island to enrich themselves. Yeah, yeah. That Sounds makes like sense. you're just trying to say Berry Giant Island and you just messed up. Very, <laughs> this is a real big island. It's a big <laughs> island. <laughs> I'm not a goldfish. Said importantly, uh, with clapping emojis in between each word, you can picture it. More huge boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> More huge boys. Agreed. Agreed. All right, and then a couple questions around the salmon. Let's start with Christina Rovinson. Wait, the salmon was actually a berry? Here I thought it was just a fun little joke in the intro. 
Eric, how long you been planning this one? Did you know the salmon berries were a thing and you were like, maybe it is a berry? Who well, can say? I mean, we don't know that that's true, right? We just know that in this one shot. In the intro, a line I say is, what is the salmon? Is it a berry? I don't know. And that that's the one that's been going the whole time. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm here so I don't get fined. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Uh, Saved Man wants to know, Julia, did you believe you'd found the actual salmon at any point during this No, I was like, this is way too easy. There's no fucking <laughs> way. There's no thing for the keys. What the fuck are you talking about? Julia's absolute skepticism that this was the salmon at all was a real highlight. Yeah, I was like, this, <laughs> no, actually, no. Uh, that's why I like that Sir Dune was lazy, because they kind of kept Julia dramatic irony to from saying anything. Yeah. So mm. while Sleeves was bouncing everywhere, like, Deleon was the one who was like, what is happening? And I kind of liked that, like, Sir Dune was standing in front of Julia from re- spilling the beans. Yeah, I was like, nope, I'm not going <laughs> to ruin this for the rest of the players. Sir Dune just has their... No way. Just has a finger on your lips. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm tired. Shh. I'm tired and so tall. Shh. All right, guys. Well, I have some giant cheese puffs in the kitchen. Which one's like the size of a basketball? <gasps> yeah. So what? I'm going to go grab those and I'll be right I just described my dream. Hey, everybody. It's Amanda. Like you've probably heard by now, we are going on tour. We're going on the Rolling Bones tour with spirits across the U.S., Seattle, Chicago, Minneapolis, D.C., Philly, Boston, and New York. Not in that order. Don't worry about it. We're so excited. (laughs) Please help us make this tour a success. We want to do more of this, and we need to know if you like it, too. So if you're able, please grab some tickets. Please come and join us. Jointhepartypod.com slash live is where you can get your tickets tickets now. Cool? Cool. Thank you so much to our newest patron, William, who joined recently and has been enjoying benefits like our patron-only Discord, aka the best place on the internet, uh, the bi-weekly party planning podcast that we make in both audio and video form for the $10 patrons, uh, the video. Five is for everybody. It is so exciting. We love making party planning and planning all new shenanigans for you to enjoy. So if you too would like to support the show with your dollars and enjoy even more JTP content, do it. Patreon.com slash join the party pod. This week at Multitude, we are also getting a bunch of good stuff going over on Spirits, the history and comedy focused about folklore, mythology, and the occult by me and Julia. Every single week, Julia brings me another story from somewhere around the world, and we talk about it over drinks and learn why the stories that human beings tell ourselves remains important. We have just started a mini-series all about ancient Egyptian mythology, so if, like me, that fascinated you as a kid and you want to revisit it as an adult, now is a great time. Come on over, check us out. We are Spirits in your podcast app or go to spiritspodcast.com. We are sponsored this week by Green Chef. This is a meal delivery service where you can enjoy different items from their really varied menu each week. In fact, they have over 80 flavor-packed options each week that you can choose from. And if you have specific dietary concerns and preferences like a vegan or vegetarian diet, something that's gluten-free or filled with protein, maybe you're trying to get those gains, you get to customize your week every single week and figure 
figure out what it is that you need. They have unique farm fresh ingredients, organic whole fruits and veggies, and premium proteins for you to enjoy. And they also do seasonally inspired recipes, which I think is pretty cool. So you can celebrate the ingredients, flavors, and freshness of every season. I am waiting on my first box and I am so excited to get it because we have had a ton of company recently and we've been, you know, going out to eat or kind of eating leftovers or like ordering in. And I am really excited to get all of the ingredients I need for several really good, delicious, good for me, home cooked meals. I'm really looking forward to it. So go to greenchef.com slash 60, join the party and use code 60, join the party to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. Go to greenchef.com slash 60, join the party. That's six zero, join the party, all one word and use code 60, join the party to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. This show is also sponsored by BetterHelp. Oh man, guys, if I think back and look at all that I am proud of and all that I have done, I feel like I am really proudest of the relationships that I have in my life. I'm really proud that I have learned how to express myself and navigate conflicts and advocate for what I need and also express to my friends what I love about them and what I appreciate about our relationship and show up for them in ways uh, that are, you know, that, that are meaningful to them and not just kind of the things I wish people would do for me. And I know I'm at the very beginning of my sort of journey to like get even better at that. And it's something that I work on a lot. And I I really value how the people in my life feel about me and whether or not they feel valued. And if I am expressing to them correctly, how valuable they are to me. And one of the ways that I figure out what I can give, what I can do and kind of work through how I can better show up for the people in my life is therapy. That is where I can talk about both the impact it has on me and how I want to show up for the others in my life. Therapy is a super useful tool for you to consider. And if you are looking for therapy that is online, convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule, please consider BetterHelp. They are a place where you can just get started with a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Also, by the way, for any reason, you can switch therapists, which is really, really helpful. And I did when I was using BetterHelp. So become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com slash join the party today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash join the party. And now let's get back to the show. All right, I'm back. I've also brought napkins the size of tablecloths, so don't worry. Smart. Don't be embarrassed. Smart. Be I'm going to wrap myself in it. Is that good? I, mean, I was just about to say, Amanda, you just described a dream I didn't know I had, mm-hmm. which is instead of having m- many napkins, it's be inside napkin. Just mm-hmm. wipe it yeah. everywhere. Well, um, I am going to just go ahead and tease a reveal that Brandon, Jenna, and I just recorded February's head haircut, and in Jenna's survey episode... Uh, she comes up with an idea that has fully haunted me. Like it's a category of the judgmental feedback. It's haunted me. This idea has not left me. And it is not unlike being wrapped up in a napkin the size of a tablecloth. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just leave that there. Damn, dude. Interesting. Interesting. All right, let's get into the insurance, which uh, had myself, Sarah, and Kristen as players and Julia Edited. I did. You edit every month the after party, but this is your Whoa. first play session that you've edited for the show. How did it go? Wow. A lot of respect to Brandon. It's a lot of work. Oh. I'm very impressed that you do that on a weekly basis, Brandon. Why? <laughs> well, it was rough. No, it wasn't that it's rough. It's just like oh, sorry. I, I thought I, that's what you said. It's more that like 
I find it really impressive that you create such a coherent flow for everyone's like speaking and stuff like that, especially like from character to player speaking voice and the uh, amount of, I really like adding atmosphere into my sound design. So that was a very fun aspect of mm-hmm. the sound design for me. Uh, yeah. yeah. Y'all notice how good that cave sounded? Yeah. So good. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, but like it sounded so wet. It was. It was a yes. wet cave. <laughs> It was Bro, a wet cave. Wet cave. <laughs> Bruh, it was a wet Bruh, cave. It was like a big throat. Mm-hmm. It was a big throat. <laughs> it was a real wet cave. I really got Eric with that one. <laughs> but Brandon, I'm just, I'm very impressed by um, what you do on a weekly basis. And I just wanted to uh, share that with the audience that, you know, you do a fucking lot. Well, as I am one to do, I'm going to say boo, Julia. And also, Julia, you did a fantastic job and you deserve the credit for all of it. For every time that I edit during the week, it's Julia's credit now. So now it all goes to Julia. Brandon, Julia, no, you we did... talked about deflation of credit, <laughs> Brandon. <laughs> Julia, you, Julia, you fell into Brandon's trap card he reversed the compliment <laughs> he Uno reversed me no <laughs> all right well let's let's uh... mirror force sorry <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. let's stop Brandon from getting too uncomfortable uh eric where did the insurance scheme idea come from and uh Katja wants <laughs> so to know funny. was this a scheme to recruit for audrey mm. was the rotten queen involved who can say my but- Hold on, Eric. I just yeah. want to say my favorite thing in all of Join the Party is when I get to edit a thing that I was not in or listened same. to before. Big same. Because then I get to discover the secret bullshit that you do <laughs> along along the way. And I was like, oh, as soon as I heard you start going like, chugga, 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 with the little <laughs> boat. I was like, what the fuck is this going to be? This is going to be so good. Um, first of all, shout out to Dredge. In my head, it was the little boat from course, Dredge that was that uh, the insurance agent was driving. Um, I, you know me in my world building. I love putting companies uh, into my world building because I think it demonstrates one that there are entities that want power and money in the world. That kind of makes it more vibrant. But two, then they want something and they will pursue it at any cost even if it means contracting other people, which are a really wonderful way to get quests in, because you can't fight a company. It doesn't have a face. Like you can't- Or Eric, can I say rights? <laughs> yeah, it Should also doesn't have rights. You're actually right. The law of Ernestello agrees with you. Yeah. I will say if my favorite thing to do is add food to world building, Eric's favorite thing is to add companies. True. But it's so good because, like, of course, in a post-Cascade drying up economy, there are going to be whole cottage industries dedicated to supporting pirating. Like, of course there would be. And that's, I think, my favorite takeaway of all of the one-shots is just seeing how different uh, people and archetypes and uh, organizations respond to uh, this world. Because we only see the ones we run into. And part of the fun of collaborative world building, but especially Verticello, is just like exploring that nuance. I also really liked it too, Eric, was because I'm watching now Delicious in Dungeon, which I know you've read all of. Yeah, this was part, no, this was part (laughs) of it. Okay, and the idea of like, the characters will just say offhandedly like, and that was the first time I died. And I was like, oh no, is it the same thing? They just have good insurance and they're bringing them back (laughs) via like these, these papaya seeds. Yeah, that was, that's exactly what it was. I've made this comparison before, but it is exactly like, uh, the gold, the people who would sell the gold miners the tools in the gold rush. Yeah. Like, I, I was like, oh, a fucking course. I would do that. I would sell insurance to pirates. Like, that's brilliant. Because yeah, they're going to use yeah. it. 
I was very excited to really try to flesh out parts of Verdistello throughout this whole thing. Like with the Alicanto is like there are monsters. There are things you don't understand. There is magic. And then the thing with with Wang Ling, I was able to talk about death and where the planner fits in with that. And then with these with the island, the whole thing was people try to use the salmon as a hoax. And then what where does that come from? And then with this one, who profits also on the Great Salt Sea? Who who does the support, the support class for pirates? Mm. And it's it's companies like this. Also, Eric, like like Mariska says, qui bono, who benefits? <laughs> Queen. Law and Order was filming outside the office today. It was very exciting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you see Mariska? No. Law and Order um, organized crime. There was just like a Ferrari. Not as good. Mm-mm. I I really loved Agent Whispers. I loved Blue Lotus Life. I was just really excited to kind of like reveal this to you. And then it was like the ancil- it was like the ancillary thing as you wandered into what we turned out to be a giant uh, flesh eating plant, which I thought was really fun. Which again would make sense. Like there is that trope in fantasy of like, oh, this isn't a cave. It's a monster. It's a worm. It's a something. And I thought that having a giant uh, Venus flytrap would be similar and would work well for Verdistella. Yeah, it was sexy. I liked it. Thanks, dog. <laughs> and then the pirates inside of it fucking... And stripes. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. The pirates inside of them were so funny. Those I guys were them. real characters. Sarah did such a good job interacting with the other NPCs. That was like... Because, like, Kristen was out here being Lucas. So and cute. Lucas, my entire heart. But, like, Sarah and, um, and Dandy were, like, bouncing off of the other NPCs so well. Especially as being the only one who knew what insurance was. I thought so that good. was so funny. Yeah, that was really funny. Also, Sarah's just full skepticism while having that conversation being like yes yeah the salmon sure <laughs> i know sarah needed no help at all like you I, you would not be able to tell if you hadn't told me this was her first recorded um actual play session uh she did so well and like her and lucas's dynamic was so much fun just to like observe uh and play off of but yeah especially especially um dandy interacting with the uh the like wayward pirates was so funny and also a little bit gross like this episode was a little bit grosser and like us like getting into like the bodies and the resurrection and like carrying the parts it was great to do that when like it wasn't Gloria's bottom (laughs) when it was just like some guy and like not related to my crew like who cares it just it was it was liberating almost yeah it it was hard trying to like reverse what Julia said about um, the casualness that people see in death mm-hmm. in Delicious in Dungeon, I was trying to like inject that. It's like, no, this is silly, but you do need to put some body parts together. <laughs> it's going to be fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's like, you know, z- zombie-ish style or like Frankenstein's monster where you put them all next to each other and then they pop up back again. Yeah. Well, I was yeah, also yeah. thinking of like Princess Mononoke, mm-hmm. like the level of gore in that where it's like, or like when you see someone get cut in half and you just see like meat in a, in a bone center. <laughs> it was like, that's the kind of level of gore I was going like a ham yeah Yeah, just like like a ham ham. (laughs) but let's let's get into the uvula of that throat if you will um Melanie says was that a real key imagine the main crew having to run into Lucas Dandy and Captain Salamander to get the key off of them is the sea whip bigger than their boat would Lucas jump ship and join the crew well luckily you guys didn't get the key so that's a real win we did not I was fully prepared. I was fully prepared. I really, we really did roll for it. Mm-hmm. That was all. And whether or not everyone was dead, those were straight rolls. We didn't, I didn't fudge anything. I was prepared for anything at the end of that one. Yeah. My favorite part was Amanda kept trying to talk and you were like, no, you're dead. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, 
uh, what do I like now? I, in the moment, I just forgot about Destiny. I just I never like, get to I say. Do? I never get to say it to Amanda. I, I feel like it's yeah, always yeah. you two. It's like Amanda, you're dead. Stop mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Glass Cat Owl asked if the crew had managed to keep the key, what would you do? Like, would that affect the main plot? Yeah, it would. Right, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, I was fully prepared. I would have had to kill Lucas. It would have been sad. <sighs> <laughs> Also, wait, just a total aside, can we talk about Amanda being the only actual captain in all three one-shots? Yeah. yeah. I felt, so I feel self-conscious that because I am, like, not nominally in charge of multitude and just have an assertive personality, nominally? I walk into a room, like, no, 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 like, like I, I go to brunch with my friends and the server gives me the bill without asking anyone else. Like, I just, yeah. I just bring that energy yeah. to my every interaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was like, uh, is it, like, boring for me to play the captain? Like, nah, like you know, will these, well, like, I know Kristen well, but I had not met Sarah before. So I was like, well, will Sarah be, like, weird if, like, someone else is the captain of, like, a thing I'm in? And they're just, their characters were so perfect. Um, mm-hmm. And the class was really cool. Yeah. Well, I. It actually be it actually did inform the themes I think of a lot of the one shots mm-hmm. like the the gold was all about three pirates on shore leave getting into an adventure which I thought was very fun and then like oh no you're separated from the crew we got to make decisions was what happened on the island but for this one this boat got a job and I thought that that ended up being very interesting um, because also like Captain Jones is responsible for her crew and also her babies was so funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was very good. Someone at the Discord said that they were imagining the babies as the um, little spider creatures in uh, Spirit of the Way, and I was like, Oh, the exactly suit, yeah, the suits. Yeah, yeah. The suits, someone else yeah. said Pikmin, and I'm like, Oh, that's oh, so the Pikmin. Right. Yes, I yeah. thought Pikmin. Oh, yeah, both very yeah. good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Amanda, you had a voice for the babies. You definitely did it, right? Yeah, I know, I did. I, it's not unlike. Well, the... what is it? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was it. Also, Amanda, a total aside, that happened to me for like the first time ever at a restaurant when I was away. Where like oh, really? I, I did like the ordering and everyone else got drinks, but I had water and the guy looked at me, he's like, Oh, so you're in charge. I was like, What? <laughs> I think in Florida they smell the New York on you. That was Vermont, but yeah, still. Oh <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What did you think about the class that you were playing? You said you liked it, but um, what do you think about so it? So much fun. I was drawn to the captain class when I was originally building my character for campaign three. It, it wasn't quite the right fit for the vibe we were going for. Um, and I was also, you know, really taken by the gunslinger and first thought, best thought of Triptide. Um, so that butterfly cowboy. Yeah. I, yeah, I simply yeah. had I simply had to do first thought, best thought. But the the captain is so cool because I'm jealous of y'all's familiars. And it, it was it was mm. nice. I know we didn't get into we got into a, a little bit at the end, but the real like crux of that subclass class but the real crux of that class is being able to have this cohort that can be like a you know a, a second in command can be more of like a horde type situation and you know they'll act as they think you want them to act if you're not there so truly like being a captain being in battle being on a ship and like sending a battalion out to do something that's why the pikmin analogy tickled me so much because it, mm-hmm. it, it that's totally it um and it was tons of fun easy to understand i think may chan mike does a great job of structuring these classes so that they like have open they're open to shenanigans and they give you flexibility but also it's easy to like get at what they're going for like i i didn't feel like i was trying to like grasp for the heart or the intention of the class i just got to do it and for a one shot especially where i sort of want to like 
I want to like quick select my character. You know, I want to like <laughs> take the the build as it's offered to me. It was so easy to do. And as soon as I heard Lucas and Dandy, I was like, oh, I know how Captain Salamander fits in to your world building game, Eric. It was really, really exciting to like build that relationship with them too and be like, oh yeah, no, this is this is what her fears are and this is who she is. <laughs> Getting worried that people would drown from the beginning was so funny and that came up and it came back so quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I also must ask, um, Amanda, there's been a trend over the past couple campaign thingies where the names that you come up with, they seem like first bot thought, best thought. Is this what happened for this name again too? Yes, Brandon. <laughs> yes, Brandon. They're wrote, absolutely buck wild. I love them. In the marketing I did around this one, I was like, from the mind of Dr. Bertha Bones. <laughs> when I don't have Julia there to refine my crude oil into petroleum, uh, <laughs> that, that's all we get. It's crude oil all the way down. I loved Captain Salamander Jones. No notes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Really I, yeah. No, I'm not I'm not cr- complaining or critiquing. You're right. Brandon, your observation amazing. is right. Yeah. <laughs> Helen asked actually a really interesting question, both for me, but the other players as well. Did you approach your in-game choices any differently knowing these were one-shots versus the main campaign? I'm especially thinking about Captain Salamander's near-death experience. Is there a temptation to be more reckless with a one-shot character? What do you guys think? I don't enjoy being... Y'all are going to fucking roast me when I say this. I'm ready. I I don't love being reckless. Um, <laughs> what do you mean? Okay, true. say more. It is true. I don't. Counselors, like... hold your hold your objections. <laughs> what what is colloquially called in the TTRPG space a murder hobo? I don't enjoy playing that style of game. I like creativity and like solving problems in a way that is maybe not intended. I'm a very much a plot person, so like I don't want to destroy the plot. I want to see the plot. I want to enjoy the plot. Right. Um, that's that's my thought. So not really. Like I don't really change the playstyle that I do for one shots, unless like I'm told to. You know, like like you know, this is like a fuck 'em up campaign or like a rampage campaign. Let's go. But yeah, yeah. I don't think that I play recklessly in terms of like, oh, I'm just gonna throw my body in there and hope I don't die. But I do play more recklessly in terms of like allocating spell slots and the things that Mm. I can utilize that I don't need to worry about. Okay, but now I need to take a long rest because I know that it's a one shot and I'm probably not going to get the opportunity to do a long rest. So I might as well just use all my shit. True. Yeah. I mean, I think I think it's more that it's only one session and not that it's a one shot or like quote unquote like not you know canonical campaign episode like this is canon this is in you know Verticello and in campaign three and uh for me like would I have like provoked the sneeze <laughs> at the end of the episode if I were Troy maybe that but feels like I a really, Troy thing it feels like a Troy yeah, thing to do certainly. but uh Amanda really wanted to see what would happen mm-hmm. uh and I I have like I, I try my best to make decisions that the character would make because I, I think that's like the most compelling listening. And that's been my like anchor of playing TTRPGs like I've always ever done it as narrative. And so I want to I want to stick to what's true for the character. Um, sorry to like talk about what's true to the character, but like <laughs> that that's important to me. And when it's the first episode we've met them, they don't have all those ties like we did in, you know, Lake Town City by design where like Aggie couldn't do a damn thing without having consequences on somebody that she cared about, which I liked and really wanted to explore. Right. This is very different. Yeah. Can I can I make a, a metaphor for how Brandon plays tabletop RPGs? Yeah. 
Yeah. You, Brandon, I think you'll like this. Okay. Uh, Brandon, I, I understand this. Brandon doesn't like murder hoboing. He doesn't, when he sees a house, he doesn't try to destroy the house. He doesn't light it on fire. But what he will do is he'll say, what do you mean this house is in zone to put a nuclear reactor inside of it? <laughs> That's what I want to do. <laughs> you get, yeah. <laughs> why does the government telling me that I can't separate the atom inside this house I found? Libertarian Brandon strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> libertarian brand. but only if the nuclear reactor is an important way to solve a problem that we have to yes. solve yes, no you yeah. you you zoom out and you're like why does why do the givens have to be given which i think makes yeah. you a really good magic user and and spell user facts couple more questions on this one and then we'll round out with some uh some spoil the plank and some future questions Ooh. this uh also follow up from glass cat owl was this a real key was it the key that still hurts Eric, yeah. will you answer that yeah Ooh. so yeah. now oh, we know where it is Assuming mm -hmm. it's still Burned. there, because someone might have gotten it in between that one shot and the present. Hell yeah. And then uh, equally as important for the podcast from Melanie, how big is Lucas? How could he both fit on somebody's uh, shoulder, fit another pirate's boots, and also get misplaced on a ship? He's an eight-year-old. First, year -old. I'll say ships are big. Yeah. yeah he's also eight. Eight-year-olds have yeah. the ability to get lost mm -hmm. all of the time. Mm -hmm. I picture Lucas think... like a little kid wearing the mom's heels, you know what I mean, yes. or the dad's dress shoes. Well, I think they're asking because in in Lucas Cannon on the YouTube, he's, he's the size of a small spider. So yeah. like, mm. I think Lucas is as big as you want Lucas, to, as you need Lucas to be in the moment. You know? I'm standing mm -hmm. by. Lucas is the size of an eight-year-old because he is an yes. eight-year-old yes I, I what i really like about this was also the subclass that Kristen did when it's usually it, this was a joke so you could play a spider-man but it ended up working out really well of doing this and having lucas be so agile at all times mm -hmm. um, so that cool. lucas could perch on a shoulder regardless of size because of uh his abilities yeah so i thought that was really smart from Kristen. yeah like like cat fits and sits yeah yeah exactly now, now, very importantly, Eric, um, do you remember the song that you said in the episode that you would remember for the rest of your days? <laughs> no, Brandon, that's why it's recorded. <laughs> so then you can go back and hear it. So you can go okay, back and hear it. Cool. Yeah. Kristen could hold it in her heart forever. Chris, Kristen's the best. Kristen's very talented. Yes. It was great. I love the moment that you were like, ah, uh, yeah, that's why you get a voice it's actor. It's like, oh, huh? voice actors. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. So good. Eric, Saved Man wants to know what all of the questions were in the relations table because he really enjoyed them. Oh, yeah. Oh, read it off, my friend. Read it off. And also a question from Brandon, a follow-up from Brandon in the Discord. Uh, was there anything else that you didn't use or deleted that um, is fun or interesting that you want to share? No, I guess I wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I knew what the third task that you guys didn't do on the island was, mm -hmm. but we didn't end up getting to it. Uh, but it was just like, go... What, which one was it? It was. Uh, Wasn't the. Feet. It was just like stuff. Yeah. It was just like go up to the head and do some stuff. Sure. You know. And like it was really tender. I, the whole point of the toes and the feet stuff was like the giant was supposed to be extra sensitive there. So you would be easy for you to get slapped. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you're a pervert. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I'm a big pervert. You're right, Brandon. <laughs> nailed it. Good job. Uh, <laughs> and then, no, I think that you guys pretty ex explored the insurance. I didn't know at the time that you were all going to die by drowning, but I thought it was really funny <laughs> that Agent Whispers said that. Um, but I did know the entire time that Agent Whispers had the ability to see how people die. Sure. I was very excited that I got to see that. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Man, so it's so cool. weird that you put an accountant in the game. Yeah. Stop. We're not doing mm -hmm. this. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, one that I did. Number one, the first time the crew got drunk on pedal rot, I told everyone my greatest dream was blank. Other character, did you believe me? Why or why not? Cute. Um, pedal rot's fucking great. Yeah. Uh, where's that. that lore? 
Yes. Needs yeah. one pedal rot. Um, the one that was the one from the second one was the one from Sleeves about talking about someone back home. Number three was I am this much into treasure into blooms. That was a uh, that was a Lucas question, if I remember. That was correctly. a Lucas question. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, for number four, I need a specific comfort to feel like a person when we are on long voyages. What is it? Ooh. Other character. When did you see me eat, consume, or partake in this comfort? And what did you? What did it make you think of me? Number five was, am I good at this job? Number six is hidden talent. Number seven is, I'm extremely afraid. Number eight was, I would make a great captain. That was a, that was a good one mm. that we did. Um, number nine, oh, number nine, I went missing for three days at an island we docked at. What happened to me? Other character, do you believe me? If so, <laughs> how are you involved in finding me? If not, what do you really think happened? <laughs> so good. That's and awesome. then number 10, I believe something that I know is outside of acceptable green folk society, mm-hmm. even out on the sea. I really liked that one. I love that Colo was like, yeah, pirate superstitions are stupid. Just fake. Fair, they're fake. not wrong. Yeah, they're, they're all wrong, and you guys are all weird. So mm-hmm. good. Mixel91 asks, which of the guest PCs would you most want to meet in your campaign besides Lucas? <sighs> but that's the answer. Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, after Lucas, I think, daily on. And then yeah. all of them after that. And I mean, I would just have so much fun hanging out with Dandy. Like, I just, <laughs> I imagine Dandy and Troy to be like absolute BFFs. In my head, the way that the island resolved, I just feel like we never see those characters again. They're like, uh, it's, it's like we zoomed out and they didn't know what to do next, you know? <laughs> but I could definitely see running into Captain Jones's crew or the new, uh, or with the Alicanto with the first crew. Um, because again, in my head, the Alicanto did go with them to go do mm. whatever next. I mean, almost certainly like in the taverns you know like there's gonna be that rumor of like did you guys hear about the pirates that like mm-hmm. went in and are now billionaires because they found an Alicanto? Mm-hmm. you know yeah for sure 100 percent. yeah we go back abel is fucking bawling mm-hmm. <laughs> just dripped out in ice mm-hmm. he's got like he's just got like a line of chipmunks that are just there waiting for him to to drink their blood you're wearing a gold chain that says abel mortensen on it tight <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> so heavy. My posture changed. It's so it's so heavy. He he needs he needs little zombies holding it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh from MQuello17, not a question, but I need that mandolin version of the theme song. I need it. Oh, no mandolin in that theme song. Really? What are the instruments? Banjo and acoustic. Wow. Oh. Yeah, acoustic guitar. Yeah. Banjo, a round mandolin. And a djembe. <laughs> The pe- the people's mandolin. Yes. The people's mandolin. But yeah, we could upload that to the merch store probably. Yeah, you should. It, you did a really good job. I'm really happy you did that. Let's Thank get you. it done. We can do it. Woo. Uh, Rachel DeBruin says, most players chose unmoored. Eric, were you hoping more would choose a country? Well, Jasper wanted to be unmoored so that he could use a feat to hurt me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I, I, it's, it's a little restrictive for sure. I mean, everyone loves being a variant human for that reason. But, you know, when it came up, it came up. Like when Dandy knew what insurance was because she grew up somewhere, it's like, oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's yeah. something that I think would have come up more with a longer campaign, but I can't fault people to make a one shot. Yeah. It's fine. But uh, yeah, when when Dandy Dandy and DeLeon uh, and, Sir, and Sir Dune did it the best, yeah. it's like their past really did inform who they were now. Yeah, 100%. And from Loose Goose, my friend and I are convinced that Abel is Milo-coded. Sir Dune is Val coded, and Captain Jones is the love child of Dr. Bertha Bones and Aggie. Was this mm-hmm. purposeful, a happy accident, or do my friend and I listen to join the party too much? 
Not possible. Can't listen to join the party too much. Not possible. Not yeah. possible. Yeah. I don't think that Dune is Val coded at all. Val has a very like strong moral code and like is the opposite of lazy. And Sir Dune is like maybe had similar voice, I guess, but like Sir Dune is there to like be a lazy bum and like, you know, gamble <laughs> on some cards and do some magic shit. I mean, we can't escape ourselves, right? But like yeah, I I would agree with that too. Like I think uh well one, I think I had a different plan for Abel and I had to sort of pivot in, in the moment. So maybe you're getting some Milo vibes, but I don't think Milo is timid. Milo's just like a like a young idiot boy, you know? True. Facts. <laughs> yeah. Facts well, about Abel, Milo. Abel's like, I can I can suck blood, but no one look at me. <laughs> I'm shy. <laughs> shy about it. A shy vampire is very funny. It's, I know. It's yes. underrated. Yeah. I think it was underrated how funny Abel was during the, during the whole time. I, I'm glad I had to pivot because I like that better than what I was planning. So yeah. Wait, I really love the energy of a vampire who's like those girls who are like, would it be gross if I ate in front of you? <laughs> yes, Julia. <laughs> Yes. Guys, would it be weird if I turned this guy into a zombie? Would that be weird? <laughs> Do you think that Captain Salamander Jones was Aggie slash Bertha Bones coded? Uh, yes, in that uh, she's stoic, but also insane, which is a, uh, <laughs> a Venn diagram I love. Mm-hmm. That's like you're watching Treasure Island or Muppet Treasure Island or Treasure Planet and you're mm-hmm. in the last act when you realize that Long John Silver is insane and you didn't know it the whole time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good stuff. How did you yeah, not like know that. it was Tim Curry? Of course he is. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. You don't cast Tim Curry to not be insane in something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, It's Tim Curry in his turn or in the Scooby in Scooby-Doo and the Yeah. Oh, what's Ghost the, Island. A Ghost Island. That, no, Zombie no, no, that's, Island. Zo- Zombie Island. No, no, no. They were in. He wasn't in. That was uh, Mark Hamill was in yeah. Zombie oh. Island. Tim Curry was the one where he was fake Stephen King, and that's oh. the one with the with the yeah. lady band. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. It's something you know with vampires. Oh, the Witch Sisters or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever that. The one with the lady band. Yeah, we know. You know. You, you know, know out I mean. there, you <laughs> queer ladies. You no. Know. But that one. That one. I remember. I think I did that one for spirits, and I'm yes. like, oh, I remember this because Tim Curry only lets out. Tim Curry mm-hmm. in truly the last 20 minutes of this entire cartoon movie. Yes. Well, guys, as we approach the end of this episode, we have lots of spoil the plank questions about whether or not these characters or maybe even entities and themes like the Alicanto, the insurance, are going to come back. I definitely, to Brandon's suggestion earlier, see people, uh, you know, mentioning them and kind of gesturing at the fact that these events are real in our world. But Mm -hmm. Eric, what can you say about whether or not any of these characters are going to return? I'm here so I don't get fined. Who can say? (laughs) (laughs) We do need to come up with some rules to find DMs uh, over Mm. their uh, bad activities. (laughs) Emotional pain, $10, please. I don't know. I'll have to think about it. Because these ideas are definitely around. But again, the whole reason why we did these episodes is one because they're fun but two I never want guests to feel like they have to do canon stuff so um, you know I mean you know even for Kristen someone who who we love and we know is a really good person on, on a podcast I don't want to throw Lucas in a canon episode and and then uh, and what if Umby kills Lucas what do we do Brandon how he could would you never but like what's EF accidental what if what if a oh, mountain falls yeah. on Lucas I know because it's because, it, because, because of Umby a bomb exploded it mm-hmm. with us if, with bomb 
if that happened, I think Umby would retire from yeah. life. <laughs> <laughs> retire from life. There's a word life. for that. It they, should be... start, they should start saying that on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> I retired from life. It's just like a crushing pressure. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think who can say and stay tuned and uh, I'm excited. Uh, you should also stay tuned to your web browser and go to jointhepartypod.com slash live to buy tickets to our Seven City live show tour. Woo! 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 You saw the feed drop, but uh, hear it again, folks. We are coming to Seattle, Minneapolis, Chicago, Boston, New York City, Philadelphia, and Washington, D.C. the last week of March 2024. Couldn't be more excited for a Join the Party and Spirits doubleheader. Two live shows, one ticket. Wahoo. It's going to be great. Wahoo. Wahoo. So there's going to be some stuff. We're going to do some stuff. Like, where there's going to be a Spirits live show and some Join the Party stuff. There's going to be games, but there's going to be stuff in the middle. we don't do on these shows. In the we, middle. Oh, things. yes. Oh. There will be stuff that we only do live. Mm. We can, that true. we couldn't do. It's it, We can't have someone record it because it's too hot. Too hot. We're going to exactly. have exclusive merch Exclusives. available at the shows that you cannot get anywhere else. That's Health true. Facts. And Julia and I are going to coordinate our printed button downs. Um, <gasps> and it's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. And me and Eric are going to coordinate our pants. So, uh, okay, Brandon, like a... you got to go buy some $400 sneakers right now. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Yay! <laughs> I've already started picking out my, my outfits, but sneaker up. <laughs> sneaker up. As you should. Sneaker up. Sneaker up. God, I'm excited. All right, folks, uh, we've got so much more coming. This has been such a wonderful start to the year. Can you believe the One Shot Derby was a year ago and now we what? are a full year no, it into, isn't. I know, Lies. Uh, into Verdistello? And God, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I love making this podcast. And thank you to all of our guest players who we paid with money, but will also pay right now with thanks. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, guys. You were great. Uh, I was wondering. I was wondering if we now that we're here in 2024, do we need a new end to the after party? Oh. Like one that we can oh. yell loudly from the li- at the end of live shows. That's a great idea. Huh. Did you have an idea in mind? Well, for an example, I was just like, well, like may your rolls trend ever upward. Like, what's the version of that that you can yell? I mean, Brandon needs that, so I don't think we should eliminate it completely. <laughs> Something's going it hasn't wrong, been Julia. Working, it's not Julia. been helping. No, <laughs> is it? Is it hi diddle dee dee goddamn a pirate's life for me? No, it's not that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry to know it's pretty, it's you a pretty good off, option, but though. I, I do like, like it. Yeah. All right. Well maybe well, what could be like take this over. Yeah. And uh, as we say when you're rolling as you say when you're rolling bones, uh oh, it's the knee. <laughs> I don't think it's that one though, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Where what those toes do? <laughs> okay, lovingly, okay, we're respectfully. Gonna... Should it just be a vasty? <laughs> Julia, I don't know if we could make your character your character. We all say uh, it. It is fun. This is something about joining the party. We joined the party. We partied, so we joined. I don't know something all like right. that. I want to workshop, and I want to think about okay. it. Okay. For Let next, us know. We'll have it next time. We'll do yeah. it next month. And then this is what we're going to yell at the end of li- of the mm-hmm. end of our live. So you got to yeah, be caught yeah. up. Yeah, we have yeah. we have four weeks. Well, they, they'll still enjoy it, Julia. <laughs> they just won't <laughs> laugh about it at the same time. Fair, fair. We have four Folks, weeks. let us know if you let have ideas. Know. Yeah, something about rolling dice. Something about having good your dice doing well. Like mm. something, and then something you can yell victoriously at to keep energy up. Roll through a plot through them applause. bones. Maybe Roll Tide yell, is a we, thing no sports team has nope. ever said. 
<laughs> I like maybe we just say roll them bones. That's pretty. That might be there. That's pretty good. That's a solid contender. That's pretty good. I do like it. I think that's our that's our hypothesis until we get a better one. Just like a skeleton falling down a hill, roll them bones. I mean, that's simply what we can chant every time we roll at a live show. Like that. That sounds great. I know. I just like it. I want to yell something at the end, and I think roll them bones is good. Okay. Okay, the first time that we do roll a a dice at the live show, we must say that. That's fine. Certainly. Yeah. 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 Maybe we should get one of those really big inflatable dice so we could like roll it all over the the stage. Yep. Mm -hmm. Gonna order that Mm -hmm. right now. Brandon, Brandon on your corporate card, just go ahead and uh, that it. And can we have one for Brandon so he doesn't sully ours? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, that's very, actually, buy two. So we have one just for you. But Brandon, buy two, buy two. Okay. Yep. 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 And we'll mark it. We'll write Brandon's yeah. on it, or we'll get to get them in two different colors, so mm-hmm. we know. Okay. Okay. Love to hear it. Ah, uh, what a good after party! Thanks, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us and being so excited about this uh, experiment. We love trying new shit here in year seven of our podcast. You're love it. Wild. All right. Well, I have no sign off, so say goodbye, folks. Later. Roll them bones. <laughs> Roll them. Roll them bones. Roll those motherfucking bones. Ah. I'll sing you a song that all green folk 